Hello everyone, welcome to the Laura Horn Art Podcast. With the end of the year fast approaching, this week I want to talk about planning. And in particular, how I use Trello to get organised and stay focused throughout the year. I can't believe we haven't done an episode devoted to Trello yet. I think... (laughs) I think I know more about Trello than I should really know, considering I don't use it. You did try to get me to use it once. I don't think you know that much about Trello, really. No. I feel (laughs) like I talk about it all the time. (laughs) You just like to laugh and joke about it. Uh, But maybe after the end of this episode, you'll know more about how I use it. We will see. Maybe I could convert you. Somehow, I doubt that. (laughs) Yeah. I used to have access. Do I still have access? You still have access to it. Mm. Anyway, I just just show up and do. There's a whole lot of planning that goes on though before we actually do anything. But you are definitely a a doer, more of an implementer. Mm. But I'm the dreamer and schemer. For anyone that doesn't know what Trello is, it's an online organizational tool. So you can download it for free if you head on over to I just about said (laughs) laurahornart.com, so used to saying that. Um, If you head on over to trello.com. So it's a bit like having a pin board, planner and database all rolled into one. And while it can do a lot, and you'll see when you go over to the website that many teams and businesses use it, I don't want anyone to be put off by that because it's incredibly user-friendly and you can use it in a very simplistic way if you want to. So you could plan out a vegetable garden using Trello if you wanted to. And yet you could also take it to a much higher and detailed level as well. So that's what I love about it. It's got all these bells and whistles, but if you don't want to use them, you don't need to. And one of the reasons why we haven't done this episode before is because I've found it difficult to figure out a way to explain Trello in a podcast format because it's a very visual tool. So to get around that, I've convinced Richie to help me create a little video so that I can show everyone how this applies in practice. So we've created a video where I take you through my Trello and how I set it up. So if you're listening to this and you feel a little bit like you need more to understand how to use it, head on over to laurahornart.com forward slash Trello hyphen for hyphen artists. And over there, I have a short video. It's not too fancy, but it will give you an insight and I hope some inspiration for how you might use Trello in your creative business. Before we get started, I want to share our review of the week and it comes from Municorn via Apple Podcasts. I hope I got that right. USA and the review is how are you in my head? I feel like each episode answers a question I have been asking each week. The content is so on point. I love the cadence of the podcast, very relaxing and meditative. There is so much thought and insight with each episode and truly so much great information. I am learning so much. Thank you. Well, I hope that this episode is something that you've been thinking about because we're doing planning and it is that time of the year. So hopefully this will be helpful. I want to begin by talking about how I approach planning in general. And I always start thinking about it around this time of the year. And in a way, I look forward to it. I'm a bit of a, a bit of a planning geek. Like <laughs> This is the time of year when, you know, when I was at work as a builder, we used to get our annual diaries. We used to get them in December just before we started the new year. So yeah, this time of year reminds me of cooked hams and diaries. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting combination. Yeah. I always get quite excited about spending a bit of time dreaming up what I want to do for the next year. And every year I seem to spend more time and go a bit further with this process. So when we first started out, There wasn't a lot of planning going on at all. (laughs) Everything was kind of just happening as it happened. And we realized as the business started to get off the ground that there was a need to change and start bringing in some processes and some forward thinking. And we started planning a bit, but it was still quite haphazard. 
And I've now been planning in this way using Trello for two years and it has transformed our business. It's been part of a big change and growth in the way that we do things. So you might not see it, but it is something that I use all the time. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it because so often we have that enthusiasm at the beginning of the year about planning. We get out our planner and we start and everything goes well for a few weeks and then it falls away and we stop using whatever tool or uh, method that we had started with. And the thing that changed for me when I started using Trello was that I kept it going and I use it throughout the whole year. And that's to do with the way that I've set it up, which will become clearer as we go through this conversation. Before COVID, I used to religiously fill out my diary because I would have travel dates, what work I had on outside of the business. And we would sit down every Monday and we'd have a meeting and we'd plan what we were doing that month and where we were that week. We were pretty on point with all the planning. But since COVID, I haven't touched my diary, <laughs> but we have have the whiteboard here. So we do a lot of planning on the whiteboard as well. Yeah, I wanted to mention that. We don't have just one way of planning. I use notebooks. I have all sorts of notebooks. And one of my favorite ways to think and sort of work through my ideas is just to get a pen and a paper and write things down. We also have the whiteboard in our studio, which we can both see from our desks. And that is great for when we feel a bit overwhelmed and we need to get crystal clear about what we need to do, say, this week or even, you know, for the next month. So we use that for a more short-term view. What I like about Trello is that I can see the whole year. The way that I do it, I can have so much information in there that I can see a year and kind of like plan out taking into account seasonal factors and things like that. There isn't any right or wrong way to plan and often it will be some kind of combination of a few different things that you use. But today it is about Trello. Mm. <laughs> the way that I tend to do it is to start with a pen and paper or maybe a whiteboard and throw some ideas around and answer some key questions and then I bring that information and sort and organise and capture it in Trello. So just going back to what Trello is, it's an online organisational tool and you can download it. And I wanted to mention that the free version is very good. In fact, I have a feeling that I'm still using the free version. I haven't needed to upgrade, even though I have a lot of boards and things going on on there. So when I say boards, that's how Trello is organised. There's three main components to it. There are boards, so you can organize a topic or a theme around a board. So it's a bit like Pinterest in a way. And then within a board, you have lists, which are separate columns. So you can organize columns with different kind of, like you might have a to-do list or a um, important list or save it for later list or however you organize your lists. And then you have cards within those lists. So if you were adding tasks, to a list, they would be um, what Trello calls a card. And the reason it's called a card is because it's so much more than just like one line that you might write. You can actually open it up and add in things like dates, labels, checklists, notes, links, attachments. So you can put all this information into it, but at the top level, it's quite simple. So you can have it as just one line so it's not overwhelming, but then if you want to, you click on it and expand and you can see more information. I'm already starting to wish that there was a video playing <laughs> to demonstrate this. Make sure that you do go and check out our video because it will be clearer on that. So within our business, I use Trello to organize all sorts of different aspects of it. So I have boards for all the key areas. So the podcast, online classes, online shop. But for this episode, what I want to focus on is how I use Trello to set goals and plan out my creative year ahead. 
So that's the aspect that I want to focus on. And it's also the main, it's the main thing that I use in Trello. I have other boards, but I don't tend to go back to them all the time. Whereas this is the thing that has been the standout for me. It's the thing that has worked the best. So with any kind of planning process, usually what you tend to do is take a little look back before you look forwards. So reflect on the past 12 months. And every year I ask myself different kinds of questions, but they always have a bit of a similar theme. So I look at what worked well and, you know, maybe what didn't go so well. Where did we stumble and trip up? And this is all very useful information. And if we can let go of any kind of uh, frustrations or bad feelings and just look at it as information, it makes the whole process so much more enjoyable. Because sometimes the things that you didn't do, it's not so much about failure, it's about that you actually recognised it wasn't the right thing at the right time. And we've certainly had circumstances like that, courses that we didn't create, we didn't get to, but because, but it was because we were adapting to what life threw at us. Like everyone this year with COVID-19, I'm sure if you look back on your plan for this year, there's a very good chance that things didn't, didn't go the way you intended. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> so this is a great example of the, the need to be able to be flexible and adapt, which is one of the reasons I particularly enjoy using something like Trello, which is a digital tool where you can very easily move things around. And that to me is one of the greatest features and it's hard to do that in a notebook where you've written it down in pen and paper and you scratch it out or rub it out and write it again. With something like Trello, you can just drag and drop things. So when you plan out your year, if you put something into March, for example, but then a pandemic hits <laughs> and it's just not possible to do that thing, then you could go, oh, okay. I'm going to shift that over and you just slide it into another month, move it out. So, I thought you were going to say wedding. <laughs> what? A, a wedding, not a pandemic. <laughs> What's the chances of a pandemic oh, well, hitting? I was just thinking because that, that situation is what happened with us. We I had know. things planned and we ended up moving things around. And I like to be able to do that very freely. So even though I will plan out 12 months in advance, which might sound kind of extreme to some people that don't plan much past the next few days, but it's very fluid and flexible. I just do it to have something to work with. And your regular stuff, you just copy and paste. And with this particular process of planning, I'm mostly looking at the higher level stuff. So I don't like to fill up my Trello with every little routine task that I do on a daily or weekly basis. There's a lot of stuff that I'm still very comfortable with just doing it as it happens without a lot of planning. This is more about focusing in on those big ticket items that you want to implement and also feel the satisfaction of getting them done in a year. So it could be something like creating your very first online class or making a podcast, writing a book. They're the kinds of things that I would put into my Trello and think about when I'm going to do the work as well as when it will actually happen and when the marketing might occur. So that's what I focus on rather than the individual things like post an Instagram <laughs> thing today or something like that. That's not what I put in my planner. I'm still scratching my head at the fact that the word pandemic is just so normal. <laughs> You know, if something pops up like a global pandemic. I know, it would be funny to listen to this like years down the track and you'd be like, what? Yeah, you know, just a, just a random pandemic. Uh, it just it sprung to mind I know. when we were um, planning because I it just threw so much. Mm. It just threw such a big spanner in the works. Yeah, it's been a crazy year. So when I look at the last 12 months, I find it helpful to go back to my Trello because I have this 12-month plan that I can see what we actually did. When I look at what we did, I try and think about what was enjoyable and also what was profitable. So I look at those two things because they're both important to, 
to me to do things that I enjoy, but also to do things that end up paying the bills. So I go through and I have a look at that. And this is where it's a really good idea to get comfortable with numbers and number crunching. And that doesn't come naturally to <laughs> to everyone, but you know that I like numbers. Mm-hmm. And at this time of the year, it's when I look at all my numbers. I put them under a microscope. And when I say numbers, I mean any number I can think of. So let me give you some examples. Crazy Laura's coming. <laughs> Richie's I laughing because he can see, see what happens here. <laughs> so I'll start looking at the obvious ones, like how much money did I make? I yes. should say we. <laughs> no, they're your numbers. <laughs> they're my they're numbers. They're your numbers. You can so have them. <laughs> look at the business and how much money was made. So that's a simple case of looking at, you know, our tax returns and things like that. I get that information I look at what were our most profitable products, which in our case are online classes. I look at all the marketing numbers. So I go through and see has our Instagram follower count grown, email subscriber list, Pinterest followers, Pinterest monthly views, Facebook group, Facebook page. All of those I look at how it has progressed over the last 12 months. And straight off the bat, I know that we have grown in just about every area except Instagram. We haven't hit the target that I set last year with Instagram growth. And I also know exactly why that has happened because this year I started to get a little bit frustrated and tired (laughs) over on Instagram And I deliberately chose to pull back as a bit of a save my sanity kind of situation that has been reflected in our growth on that platform. And this is a good example of one of those situations where the number isn't a great result, but the lifestyle impact of that has been wonderful. If you were to ask me, pick any one area (laughs) where you would sacrifice growth. I just said Instagram straight away. Because our sales have gone up, Mm -hmm. uh, other aspects of our business, our email subscriber list have gone up, all those sorts of things. And Instagram has gone up. It's just not gone up anywhere near the rate that we did in the previous 12 months. Uh, But yeah, I'm I'm very comfortable with that. We made a conscious decision to future-proof our business and Instagram wasn't high on the list. Well, that's true because we didn't want to have all our eggs in the Instagram basket Mm -hmm. and that's part of our decision-making this year. So there's actually a bit of a strategic element to it all as well. So in a way we could look at that and go, yeah, good, we did what we needed to do this year. We didn't spend all of our energy and time on Instagram. We spread it out onto some of these other areas. Healthy and brave decision to make because it's very simple like it's easy to be drawn into you know followers and likes you know oh absolutely and I think in in my early days I was very driven by those numbers and it was only through educating myself about other aspects of running a creative business and listening to great podcasts that I learned about some of the other avenues that you can explore to make your business more robust and sustainable And um, I'm very grateful for that. So we've looked at the numbers and we've looked back on what we did during the year and what worked well and maybe some of the things we didn't do. So once you've looked at the previous year, it's time to get clear about where you are heading. And I like to spend some time with this because during the year, it's easy to get into kind of a do-do-do sort of state of play. And it's not often that you have that space or time to think deeply about what it is you do and why. And there's two ways that I like to approach this or two kind of questions that I ask myself at the beginning of the year. So one of them is how do I want to feel this year? So the year that you're planning, how do you want to feel? And one of the things that I've realized, it's become even clearer to me this year, is that One of the feelings that I want, and I'd be interested to hear your perspective on this, 
But one of the feelings that I crave is freedom and flexibility. And this year that became apparent when we got to a point where we were very busy and a little bit overworked and we talked about taking a break from the podcast and we ended up doing that and taking a six-week break and that to me was very liberating and it reaffirmed for me that I wanted a business where I could always make those little shifts and shuffles in response to whatever's happening in our lives so that we could adapt to you know perhaps a stressful situation that crops up we could put our business on pause for a little bit and be where we need to be and that's not always easy to do and for some businesses that's it's almost impossible, almost impossible. Mm-hmm. and so With our business, I saw an opportunity for us to build something where we could have that flex in there. And anyone who's thinking about online entrepreneurship, there is an advantage in working in the online space because there are things that you can put in place that enable you to continue to run without having to put in as much day-to-day Effort. So what I'm talking about, I guess, is different streams of passive income. So given that freedom is one of my core values, that's something that I need to think about when I'm making decisions around what I want to do in the creative year ahead. And one of the things that makes me feel, uh, what's the word, like kind of Uh, like stifled or (laughs) is when I have too many deadlines and responsibilities and things. I like a lot of space so that we can spontaneously create things and respond to how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. So it's funny, isn't it? I'm talking about planning, but I'm also talking about planning in such a way that there is a lot of freedom to move within our schedules. And so this is something that I always think about so that we don't take on too many things that have firm deadlines. Yeah, in building, it's called building fat into your program. So builders work on a program, a massive, big program. You know, when the foundations get built, when the steel goes in, when the roof goes on and when you hand it over. There's obviously weather issues people get sick anything can happen and you call building in a bit of fat and all that means is freedom to move if you have to it's like a buffer yeah a buffer yeah so i like to look at my year and make sure that i have some buffers in there some little bits of space that i can use for whatever i feel like because often the best ideas crop up midway through the year I'm not going to sit down in two days and plan out the whole year with all my most amazing (laughs) thoughts and ideas. That's not the reality of how it works. Halfway through the year, I'll just come into you and say, oh my goodness, we have to do this. (laughs) And then I'll go and I'll look at what we've got on and I'll shuffle things around and create some space. So what about you? What do you value in your, um, like it's sort of like values or how you want to feel. Happy, Happy. Know, which is easier said than done, isn't it, you know? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of like a pendulum, you know? I, I love lots of work and I love lots of freedom. So the further the pendulum swings from one end to the other, the more unhappy I am. So if I can keep that pendulum somewhere in the middle that's when I'm at my most happiest. So just enough freedom to make me want to do a bit more work, just the right amount of work to say, oh, I wouldn't mind a little bit more freedom. <laughs> so, yeah, so, and I feel, yeah, I feel invigorated. I'm, I'm always in love with my work. And I always love my freedom. Like I'm in a really, really good place. It's a sweet spot, isn't it? It is a sweet spot, yes. But as you said, when we first started, when we didn't have any kind of planning, like I didn't have a diary or anything. It was just work, 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 nothing. And that's when I would get panic attacks. I'd be like, we're not doing anything. Do I need to get another job? And my head would be going crazy. Will I get a part-time job? Or, And you're like, Richie, we've got lots of work to do. Calm down. 
So now I just have this beautiful little rock and roll going on, you know, where... A little rhythm. Yeah. It sounds a bit like you you enjoy consistency in a way. Yes. I, I There's no doubt in my mind that I'm more of a follower than a leader. And I'm very comfortable there. My ego doesn't get in the way of that. You know, I know what I like. You, on the other hand, are more of a, a leader. You know, get out there, ideas. And I like to come in and just do it. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm extremely lucky where I am. I have just enough work, which gives me an excellent amount of free time. I'm extremely lucky that you put up with me and my yeah. <laughs> ideas and and plans and you know because I can I can come up with things and then want them done straight away in fact today is a really good example was, of I, it <laughs> I, I didn't want to say anything because of the irony of it the <laughs> irony of us doing this planning podcast and you saying to me I want a video made on this it has to be ready for five o'clock tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? So, I, so now after, yeah. yeah, so this, so this is where, where my life is and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm super happy to do this and I love doing it. But now today, instead of editing the podcast tomorrow, we'll be filming tomorrow. So after training, I'll come to the office and I'll work tonight to finish the podcast tonight so we can film and edit tomorrow, which is awesome. Like I, I love that kind of work. I, it, here I am in my own business with pressure and deadlines, which I thrive under. But then Thursday and Friday, I'm going to spend with the kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's the perfect balance for me. Mm -hmm. I never liked nine to five and I love pressure. Yeah, you respond so well to like short deadlines and pressure. Like you thrive under that kind mm. of situation. I love it. And you can handle things like coming, what do you call it when it comes out of like left field yeah. that's that's it isn't it yeah. like I'll just hit you with things and you have no idea they're coming I'll want them yesterday <laughs> and you're fine like you you stand up to that I'm the complete opposite I hate it when <laughs> when you come to me with something spontaneous mm -hmm. I like to like I guess this is where the true Laura comes out in this conversation. Mm. I'll probably want to edit this out yeah. afterwards because <laughs> it's a control thing. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a control thing. Like I like to be in control and know where I'm heading. Yeah. And when something comes at me unexpected, it throws me like, and I get anxious because I haven't mentally prepared for it myself. Yeah. People think we're joking when I, when I say, or we say that it's not a good idea until it's your idea. And that's not because you're coming up with the idea. It's you're ready to implement it. And that means it's your idea now. Because <laughs> I'm crazy. I'm like, we should do this and we should do that. And you're like, we just, I don't have the time right now. <laughs> you know? But then when you do have the time and it's ready to be done, it gets done. Yeah, it's funny how you, when you meet someone that you work with and you're kind of like a yin and yang situation. Mm -hmm. So we're very fortunate in that we both have attributes that can be very good but also can be quite destructive yeah um but in some way we seem to balance each other out and i think the most important part of all of that was both of us being full-time in the business because if i was still working on a building site and still having to meet something yeah i'd have been absolute you wouldn't have been able to live with me well we did have situations back when i was I was full time, but you were still working, and that's that's when we had more little arguments, yeah. <laughs> little arguments yeah. and heated moments mm -hmm. because I'd want something quickly, but you had other pressures going on. Or so, exhausted from yeah. work, you know. Or you'd come in and I'd like, can you help me take a photograph of this? Yeah. And you know, or I need twenty prints. And you're yeah, like, oh, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that was one of the questions was, how do you want to feel? And the other one is, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? Ooh, are you asking me that or are you? Oh, I'm happy to go it? wherever you want to go. But hmm. let me think about you it. You think about it yeah. a little bit. Because uh, my legacy is not art related. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's, our business has nothing to do with it. Okay. You know? Yeah. I think, yeah, my legacy will be. Asher saying, oh, my dad taught me how to do this. And now I'm teaching you, talking to his own son. 
Yeah, yeah. Or Sophia having an argument with a future boyfriend and her to say, my dad would never speak to my mother like that and walk away. I really think about stuff like that. And that's where my legacy, I would like my legacy to rest. Yeah. Yeah. Very family orientated. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I I think about that sort of stuff too, but I suppose, you know, when I'm thinking about my art business and planning for the year Mm -hmm. ahead, when I think about my legacy, I think about could I help people tap into something within themselves creatively that then in turn helps them in their lives to to deal with things or cope or be happy or or to find some kind of passion and enjoyment again. But you have to remember you're using the word legacy. Yeah. So this is when you're gone. Yeah, well, I suppose I I suppose I hope that in some way my classes, podcasts, teachings, resources will continue to live on in in some form in people's lives, even if it's just as a memory. Yeah, you know, I, like I I did a class with Laura and you know, it encouraged me to buy my very first set of watercolor paints and then off I went. I I guess that's, that's legacy. That's yes. what I'm I'm thinking about. And yeah, and that's an awesome legacy to have. There's no monetary value or anything behind that. That's a beautiful thing to want where someone could be successful because you touch them in some way. Or even starting an art business and selling their very first painting or something like that. And they're the kinds of things that I would write down when I when I talk about my legacy. You know, what can I leave behind? It's interesting because if someone connects with their creative self, then they'll often pass that on to their children. That's right. It continues on. That's so what legacy is. I love that yes. idea that perhaps there's someone out there who hadn't even thought they could draw or paint and they did and it opened something up and then they encouraged or nurtured that in their children and, and that kind of thing. So I like to think about how we can have some kind of impact that's, you know, something bigger than than ourselves. So I find looking at those sorts of things guides me in relation to what are the key projects that I want to bring to life during the year. So you can see there that I got or you could hear there that I got excited talking about, you know, creating some of those classes. And it made me think about creating classes that help people who are complete beginners. You know, maybe that's something that I can focus in on. It could be a free resource to get someone who has all those fears and doubts inside to break through them. So you can see how ideas start to come through or creating some business resources could we help people to create online classes and set up something that shows people how to set up their camera so that they could record themselves while doing an art exercise? Those sorts of things start to come to come to my mind and I jot them down and initially I'll have a lot of ideas and then I'll start to narrow it down and notice what are the what are the ones that I feel most excited about and I also feel would be beneficial for the business? So for people listening, there could be all sorts of ideas coming up. Uh, you could be thinking about creating a series of paintings and selling them online or having an exhibition, contacting that cafe down the road and seeing if they will uh, take you on so that you can showcase your art. These are all things that I have pondered and dreamed about at some point in my creative journey. And um, and just on the cafe thing, like, mm. like when you get into your Trello or you're doing this online, you, you get a Google map and you look at your favorite cafes and where they are and you jot them all down. Okay, there's my number one choice, my number two choice, because you mightn't get into your first choice. So you got to plan, where do you go next when you get torn down? Where do you go next if that doesn't work? 
So yeah, planning is very, very important. And that's what's wonderful about Trello is once you build out your goals, you can then click on them and add in some more information in the description. So you could even link, you know, five cafes that you're going to contact. So you could take it to that level of detail. Uh, what are some other things you might be thinking about running a workshop or a retreat? Who knows what's going on with travel and all that, but I've seen artists starting to get back into doing in-person events, depending on what kind of restrictions are around the place. Starting a podcast, I reckon there'll be some new art podcasts that are brought to life this year, so. which is always wonderful. And of course, filming online classes. That's something as well that's grown given the situation we've all been in and the impact of coronavirus. Um, there's been more and more artists jumping into online courses and more and more people taking courses when you're stuck at home or you're in mm -hmm. lockdown or quarantine, um, making use of that time to Brilliant. do something creative. Yeah. So coming up with a list of ideas and dreams usually isn't all that hard. Um, what you'll probably find is that you have way more ideas than you actually have time and capacity to implement. I know that would be the case for me. I tend to overdream. Is there such a thing? <laughs> uh, so with that said, a key part of it all is to figure out what it is you will focus on and eliminate some of the ideas. This is hard because we tend to want to do all the things. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the changes that we've made is to focus on less and do less things but do them really well like pour our heart and soul into them and this was particularly the case over the last 12 months because when I look back at what we created a big chunk of the year was spent on creating one course it was a six-week e-course the modern mixed media e-course and that took up almost all of our year in a way, the planning it, filming it, executing it. It was a big thing. Like it's <laughs> evident, like it's, the course is spectacular. Yeah, and I'm very proud of the work that we did, but it wasn't possible to do that and do all of the other things as well. So I'm a big believer in doing less, but doing it well. Yeah, being, so you have two choices. You can do less do it well and be super proud or you can do more, do it not so good and get burnt out. It's a simple answer for me anyway. So once you have all your goals um, or your dreams, what I'd love you to do is to take a look at them and then start to build out some goals for yourself. So depending on where you are at in your creative journey, your goals will vary depending on where you are at with your creative journey. So if you are at the beginning or you're more of a hobby artist, then your goals might be around creating a series of paintings, for example, or it could be doing a 30-day challenge, that sort of thing. If you are running a creative business, then your goals are going to be more focused on sales and also increasing your audience or customer base. So a different kind of focus. You might have more of a creative spin on it. Not to say you don't have a creative focus as a business owner, but there are these other underlying elements because you want your business to be profitable and to keep growing. So there's a few different things I think about with with goal setting. Just on that real quick, it's easy to get lost because you're putting your dreams in the same area as your taxes. You know, like it's because <laughs> you're, you're, you're planning for the year and you have all these awesome things that you want to get done, but you also need to chop wood and carry water. You, you have to do the mundane stuff too. So when you're looking at what you want to leave in and what you take out, if I was making that planner, it'd be just all this awesome stuff, but nobody would eat. <laughs> well, when, when we get into the actual 12-month plan, I'll talk about that and how I make sure that the 
goals or the projects fit in around the stuff that we have to do to continue to maintain the business. So that is part of it, is fitting these goals in around other things that are you know, less, less attractive, shall Glamorous. we say. Yeah. <laughs> if you're running a business, have a think about what activities will grow your audience and what activities will grow your sales. So for us to try and I put it in perspective, some of the things that grow our audience are when we offer free content or we create um, very good posts, videos and things that we put on social media. That's one way that we grow our audience and reach new people. When we want to grow our uh, income or our sales, that's when we put out things that um, like paid products basically. So online courses or if you are selling your art, you know, selling prints, um, workshops, those sorts of things, they're your paid products. And so having a mixture of the two so that you are growing the people, growing your audience, not growing the people, (laughs) (laughs) growing your audience so that that will then feed into your product range, whatever that might be. So I mentioned about my love of numbers. When it comes to goal setting, it's very important to make your goals specific and the way that I like to do that is to put numbers around it or timeframes or things like that. Once I've identified a few things, I will say, okay, I'm going to create this kind of course by this time with an anticipated number of students of this many and you know an approximate price of this. So it's a very clear goal. Now, some of those details will get like nutted out Uh, later on but I like to just come in with kind of like a ballpark when it comes to marketing goals I will set specific goals around Instagram uh, our email subscriber list so I'll say okay in the next 12 months I want to increase it by you know 20 percent or something like that Um, so I set specific goals and in Trello I create a board for my strategic goals And in the lists, I have a list where I dot down some of those ideas around my legacy and how I want to feel. So that's the first column. Then I have a column of business goals. And that tends to be things like the online classes that we are going to release. And, you know, if we were doing workshops or setting up a print shop or anything like that, that would go in there. And then I have the marketing goals and I have all of the different things that we use for marketing and the specific numbers that we're striving for. And then I have the lifestyle section and that's where I just dot down or write down anything that I want to make sure that I hold in my mind as I focus on these things. So it could be something like, I want to make sure that I take the holidays off. And I spend time with my kids when they're home from school. So even though I love all these things and I want to do them, I just need to hold that lifestyle goal there. So something like that or not working on weekends or exercise could be in there. Whatever it is that is going to support you and help you to be healthy in all of this. Okay, we're finally on to the planner. (laughs) Wow. Planning is such a big process. So we've got our goals and then we move on to planning out the 12 months. So I create a separate board. So you've got a goals board and then the next board that I create is the 12 month plan. And the way that I do this is I create a list or a column for each month. So January through to December. So if you weren't using Trello, you could use something like a wall planner. You could just, you know, have a page in your journal for each month or something like that. Basically, you think about the year as a whole and you go through it month by month. The very first thing I do is add in any predetermined fixed dates that I know. Because I I didn't used to do this and we'd get caught out (laughs) big time. So now I go through and I look at the kids' school holidays, public holidays, 
any travel dates. You're not traveling at the moment, but when you were, I'd put in when you were away. Birthdays or any key celebrations, any kind of things that I want to factor in when scheduling. And one of the areas I always put in is is when our taxes are due. So we have quarterly returns because I usually need to spend a little bit of time on that each quarter. So it comes back to what you were saying about you've still got to do the mundane things. So I put them in. Then I will put in any dates for things like exhibitions, uh, art fairs, markets. This isn't so relevant for us anymore, but commissions or anything that you know. You put that in and you can put a reminder in and all that sort of stuff. Then under each month, I've got a bit of an idea of what my commitments are and I can start looking at my other projects that have a bit more flexibility in them. So if I was thinking about writing a book, I could look at when could I actually sit down and get some good solid writing time in. What month isn't as busy you know, I could just kind of feel it out. Same with, you know, coming up with an online class or working on an exhibition, like when can I do the work? So I'll start plotting things in and putting in anticipated dates for projects. And I usually will put in when I'm going to work on something and also when I'll be releasing it, when it's live. So I can, you know, with Trello, you get all labels and color coding and you can go to town on this. Mm. But I like to have when I'm working on a course and then when I'm when it goes live or when I'm marketing it. And what I love about looking at 12 months at once is that you can think about the flow of the year. This will vary depending on your personality, where you live, like when do you work best. Spring is often a great energetic time for bringing new projects or releasing things to the world. Uh, sometimes we have a bit of a slump in winter and we can find it difficult to get going. I think every year at some point around June or so, I I just want to eat cake. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> in Australia, it gets very hot in the summer and that can have an impact on how much painting I can do. So yeah. there's all sorts of factors as to when is the best time to do something. And then there's the seasonal things, you know, Christmas, Valentine's Day. These are all very important times of the year, particularly if you are selling paintings, prints, those kind of products. When are you going to have your sales? Mm -hmm. When are you going to create the work? I used to have a kind of like a, a Constantina pull-out yearly planner in my diary. And that's where the big ticket items went. So you'd pull it open and you would say, right, in the year. There was no small details on it. And you look at it and you go, that's a good year. You're not overwhelmed by it. You're not pressured by it. You're not. And it gives you a little bit of confidence. You know, we, oh, look where I'm going. When you plan this at the beginning of your, of your year, it can give you a good boost, you know? Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because it can be a very satisfying and motivating process yeah. that gets you excited. I mean, every year that's what happens for me. I, I do all this planning and it it reinvigorates me and gets me back on track. Like I find by the end of the year I've kind of like fallen off a little bit, like my motivation's not as high. I, I'm just drifting and this will get me back into like, yeah, this is what I want to do and now I just need to figure out the how. So... I probably should have mentioned this earlier, but I'll throw it in now. As I'm planning out the year, I think about not only the new things that I'll be doing, but also some of the things that we've already done. Because you may find that you have products that you could dust off and re-release. And this was a big learning curve for us because we were in a cycle of just always creating something new and kind of forgetting about what we'd already made. And then last year we shifted and started to re-promote courses, PDFs and things like that that we already had to new people because your audience is always changing and growing and you have people who are finding out about you for the very first time. Well, it's kind of like you think that no new people are, gonna come through. are coming through at yeah. all. You you just assume that you're you've got your one sort of 
audience or group and that's it. Whereas if you open up your mind to the possibility that every day someone new could be seeing you on Instagram or uh, reading a, a post that you've put on your website or or seeing your art for the first time. So a binging podcast. Yeah, or yeah. podcast if you have a podcast. Speaking of which, if anyone is listening to our podcast for the very first time, hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's good to go back and see if there is an opportunity for you to promote something that you already have created so that you can, in a way, save yourself from doing too much work. So once you have populated your 12 months, what you'll see in front of you is you'll have January, February, March, and you have your key dates, and then you'll have one or two or maybe a handful of things that you want to work on in that month. And I suggest not making it any more than that because it becomes overwhelming and complicated. You could even have it as simple as one thing for the month, one focus that you're going to work on. So the way that I keep this going and maintain it during the year is that every month when I start a new month, I go to my 12-month planner and I pull that column so you can copy it or you can move it. So remember, this is Trello. It's all digital. So if you copy that list for January, I move that into a new board, which is like my active working kind of board that I have on my screen every day when I log in to the office and that is my monthly planner or you know like your normal weekly daily planner so I take the month I put it on there and then I create like my to-do list and my done list and all that next to it and as I work through tasks related to that month I tick them off and then at the end of the month I update that list and I put it back into the 12-month plan so that at the end of the year, when I look at the 12 months, I can actually see what happened. So it's an updated list. So I'm going back and always using that 12-month planner at the beginning and end of every month. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So I copy that list across. And that one thing has, is what has helped me to keep using that planner. So if you had a hard copy diary, it would be a little bit like Get your sellotape out. <laughs> taking a photocopy or a cutting up the, the month that you've penciled in everything that you're going to do and then sticking it in your you know monthly planner for that month. So this is why I love the digital version because I can just copy it in and then I can build that month out. So when I did the initial yearly planning, it was probably quite limited as far as detail. So it was a very high level, you know, create an online class around this, podcast on this. And then when I move it into the month and I'm actually in that month working on it, that's when I start building it out and putting detail around what I'm doing. And I might use some of the other features of Trello, like checklists, adding images, documents and things like that. Um, but it's that process of planning which has been the biggest game changer for me as far as using Trello for our creative business. So that feels like a perfect place to wrap this conversation up. I can't emphasize enough though how much this will all come together and make sense if you head on over to my website and check out the little video that we've created on how to use Trello to plan out your creative year. So to find that, head over to laurahornart.com forward slash Trello hyphen for hyphen artists. We hope that you find it helpful and it gets you very excited and motivated for the year ahead. So thanks everyone for tuning in for this planning episode. I hope you have a wonderful week and that you'll join us again next time.